There's nothing more frustrating also for our fans than having players, frankly, that aren't injured following some program schedule for rest that um, look at RC, who started this all. is isn't clear, <laughs> at least to me. I would have cooked them too. <laughs> you would have cooked Michael Jordan? Man, I, nobody got more confidence than 12. Cocaine isn't cheap. I feel proud to be that guy because I don't think that you you earn something like this just by going out there and scoring a bunch of points. Something that's missing in our league is the character and the fight and the passion and pride about not just the name on the back, but the name on the front. This is my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. Well, if I gave a f about the text line, I'd always be sad. Every single text says the show is real bad. I do updates and rejoins. You think this is easy. I stutter through sponsors. That shit does not please me. Started as an intern and moved up real quick. Put me on Kofo. The that shit is sick. White washes my name. That's what they say. But I don't really rap and you believe that shit. I like to close the best. That was whitewashed. That was, was in your highly successful well, hip hop days, here, John Von Tobel. The, the story behind that, too, is I was actually really irritated that day because I had a whole thing planned out, like a really good one. But somebody who was not an employee of the station decided to come in and use the edit bay to record a interview with an unknown boxer for an hour and a half. And so I had 10 minutes to throw that together before the show. You know what I'm intrigued by? Because hmm. we don't subtweet. With the spoken language, who yeah. was the person? Steve Carp. Oh, really? Yeah, Carp. Like Carp came out of nowhere, and he was just like, he's just like, yeah, I got to use this booth, and I'm like, he gave you the Heisman, right? Like, are we paying you? I have a rap to record, sir. Like, what are we I'm doing? An artist. Right. On the way back, also Sills, Ja, and Dame. Yeah. Can we'll we get to we'll get to what Sills was saying. I don't think I want to open up the Dame can of worms that I got into yesterday, which was what. Um, oh, God, it was so good. No, I'm, I'm just disappointed he signed to stay in Portland. Oh. I want to see him in real games that matter. What are you talking about? We got a character problem in this league, Steve. It's not just about the name on the back, but the name on the front. And he cares about the name on the front, too. Well, I care about seeing him in real games and competing for a title. Also, So I, mean, I know I'm selfish, and I'm asking him to forego like $10 million, whatever, 20 mil, which I think he would make back in a bigger market or a playoff team. But... I mean, that's the only reason I, you know, I'm not trying. You do whatever you want if you're comfortable in Portland. And listen, it's a lot of money, sixty-one million dollars a year. But I would like to see him play significant basketball in his thirties. I mean, let's. In reality, I mean, there's certain there's certain things you can't do. I get it, right? Because of CBA, all that kind of stuff. In reality, though, you're not signing a massive contract extension. Like you're taking a little bit of a pay cut, are you not? For the brand on the front, so that they can then sign more players, better players. Okay. Or maybe Josh Hart and Yusuf Nurkic are going to lead you to a title. It's not happening, right? No. They won 27 games a year ago. I mean, when, I mean, when he, are they a 50-win team again? He was hurt most of the year last year. Like, they're going to be competing for a playoff spot. So the 10 seed? I mean, <laughs> eight, but that still puts you in the play-in. Right. You know what right, I mean? Right. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm not ripping him. I mean, making the playoffs is, is something, but, like, he should be playing in the NBA playoffs, uh, you know, in the semifinals. Right. And, like, there is... There is a certain – I was actually talking about this the other day when I was at the NBA Summer League. Uh, your own Weitzman, uh, who right, covers Philly and all that, yeah. Uh, he was on with us, and like he even brought it up. Like, There's a certain 
value in staying with a team, right? Like Bradley Beal's trying to do it in Washington. And with with the market though itself, not in a big picture type of thing, but like there's certain value to doing that. Like if he retires a Portland Trailblazer and plays every single season with them, there's a certain value to that, especially in that community. And if you're that if something if that's something you value, then that's good. But if we're talking big picture stuff, maximizing money, winning championships, all that kind of thing, like get out of there. Like now you're tied to them until 2027. Like, I don't know, man. I'm with you. Like if you want to win, mobility has been the thing. You got to be mobile. Tyler and Ed off this week. Press box, Cofield, John Von Tobel, Jared is here as well. Let's continue on the NBA. We saw Steve Sisolak tweet out a photo of him and Adam Silver chatting courtside. We've got a G League team coming here. We think that the Aces replace yours, you know, a little bit of a, a test and, you know, the, the partnership and feel good, all that stuff. How locked in are we into being one of the next two cities that gets the NBA in expansion? I mean, if you believe reports, we're like the lock is on, like we're locked, right? I mean, there was the one report that it was it was Las Vegas and Seattle uh, that you know the Portland Trailblazers uh, they are rumored to be up for sale. There's been a lot of smoke around that, whatever, and that whoever was said to purchase the Portland Trailblazers was told that you can't relocate them to Seattle or Las Vegas because those are the two cities that are earmarked for expansion. So. If you believe those, then I would say, yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear. But also think, given everything, right, that you just talked about, the offseason home is here, the NBA Summer League, mm-hmm. USA Basketball. Like, this is not this is a basketball town. It would make a lot of sense. Yes, it is. We all believe in a city where we've had 52 million stadium and arena projects suggested, and a lot of them go down the tubes, that this project down at LV Boulevard and Windmill right across from the Outlet Mall, like, that's for real? I mean, you, as opposed to, and you know, God love Jackie Robinson, UNLV guy, yeah, went yeah. wild. I mean, he's had the plan going for like 15 years. So we be, like that because that, that to me is the, well, it's, I don't know if it's the most important. It's an important part because I guess if they had to work out a deal with MGM and Foley and play at the Fortress, they could. I mean, I think, look, when they were building T-Mobile, I remember taking the tour, right? And one of the, like, the selling points was, and these convert to basketball locker rooms. And this could be, like, that was, I thought, Years ago, I thought that was going to be the plan, that that was going to be a split T-Mobile, hockey, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I don't see the need personally. And Look, I don't know all the legislation or all that kind of bureaucratic stuff that you need to go through. Right. Um, bureaucratic, whatever. Uh, you understand what I'm saying. You were close. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I got it. You know, <laughs> I speak for a living. Uh, but, like, yeah, like, do I believe that that project's going to come all the way through? That's a completely different thing. But if do I think that this is a viable market and whatnot and you have the capabilities right now of doing it? Yeah. If you're a fan of the NBA, are you mad that – Sisolak is involved. Oh, I wanted to say it so bad. You mean Sisolak? Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, look. If I have a feeling if you're an anti-Sisolak guy, that you're mad if the NBA comes and you're mad if we don't get it. Right. You're always going to be mad. <laughs> Either way, it's his fault. It we is. don't want him. We needed him. I mean, look. If you're an NFL fan, he was one of the driving forces in those Snitic meetings in the NFL here. So if you're a sports fan, I think you'd kind of be in this camp because he's been very pro getting professional leagues here. He knows Adam Silver. They're best friends. How big is the Hello Kitty Cafe man, in the mix to get an NBA team? What, what, what is this? You sent this over, and I'm like, I don't know what this is. I don't know what it is either, to be honest with you. All Hello I know, Kitty, is that an, it's an old brand, isn't it? Yes. That, so oh. that was part of my intrigue about this. So this is, this is going to go way over and your the head. cafe? So I don't know if Jared's going to remember this, but when I was in first grade, Mm-hmm. Okay, Hello Kitty, at least in my lifetime, that was like when it was like at its peak, right? Really? Hello Kitty was a huge brand. But they also had like the offshoots. 
which was like that little penguin, yep. right? Uh, the little frog. Yes. Uh, and I think there was one more that I can't remember. Um, and they came out with like these crayons, these twisty crayons. They were in, like they were like almost like mechanical crayons. It was like the the S back in the day that I really need to get my hands on. That to me was the peak of the Hello Kitty brand. I had no idea it was still this big to the point that they would have to open a cafe where it does look like the workers are dressed in like Hello Kitty outfits and like full on get ups and mascot outfits. Like I want to go, and I think we should have a company trip to the Hello Kitty cafe. Okay, first of all, absolutely live remote. Second, you guys haven't been to a bar recently, like a singles bar recently, because you'll meet a lot of a uh, lot of. Ladies in their 40s who have full Hello Kitty arm sleeves. Yeah. And it is very like, oh, you must have gotten that when you were 20. Yeah. Yeah. Still a big fan of the Hello Kitty, are you? I, I think like it's, it's, I don't know, maybe it's like nostalgia. It does seem that maybe we're diving into that a little bit more. Mm. Okay. But like, I didn't know it was that big of a brand. Why are you looking back and forth? Your eyes are darting. Well, it just hit me. I think the significant other has, she has some kind of cartoonish cat. But it's like a, but she made it into a Chargers thing. Did she get a, a tattoo? Kitty? Yeah. So she a Hello Kitty tattoo. I have no, no, I have no idea. Okay. Like I may talk to her later, and she's like, "What are you talking about?" It's Is not, it like not... a Felix the cat? No, she actually has a black cat on another tattoo. Is it a she's Sailor a cra- Moon? She's, she's Sailor a, Moon cat? She's a crazy cat lady. Okay. So I have to find oh. out. Now I feel like maybe I missed something. Jesus. By the way, first year Hello Kitty arrived. What year? I told you it's an old brand. Oh, it's like I think it's like 1980 something, isn't it? 75. Okay. Yeah. See. There you go. It's even older. And it was worth, the company was worth $8 billion was? in 2014. I don't know if it's at, you okay. know, if it's gone up. Just a quick wiki search. I mean, I would think it goes up. If you're willing to open up a cafe in Las Vegas, you'd think the brand is, I don't know, that doesn't, that doesn't smack of desperation. That smacks of, hey, man, let's, let's grow this thing even more. Can we get the menu? You think it'll be good? Yeah. So I looked a little bit and I saw you it did? in the pictures, yeah. right? It, what are the, they making? That's the downfall is that I it mean, seems very generic. cat. No, but it seems very generic in terms of what it offers. Like, it's like lattes and, like, you know, it's like one of those kind of spots. I, I don't know why I wanted more. It's not like a full-service restaurant? Like, yeah, like okay. I wanted a, a full, like, Hello Kitty mascot bringing me out, like, a bone-in tomahawk. You know what I mean? Like, That's tomahawk steak. pink with glitter? Yeah, like something like that. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted something good. Not, like, a latte for 10 bucks. For our audience, what's a more significant brand? Hello Kitty or Ball Sack Sports? <laughs> What is going on with Ballsack? I have a child. You know, because of the name Scientific Jared term. was going to roll on the floor laughing. Scientific term. Um, Scientific <laughs> term, sure. Not an FCC yeah, violation. Yeah. I think it's. We were worried about that. I think it's B. Uh, I think it's BSS. Well, I guess Ballsack's one word. So it BS. So why why is it significant now? I feel like they've duped multiple big outlets with stories. They have, and actually, so we're actually. How is this happening? So if you're actually being serious about like having that conversation, it's completely unacceptable. It takes one look yep. at a tweet yep. to realize what's going on. Or, and trust or, me, or, 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 because what happened, you know, our namesake, yeah. apparently this got on one of the ESPN shows. And listen, I know we're all looking for stories all the time and something sizzling like John Morant basically saying Michael Jordan sucks or he'd be an ordinary, just another superstar now. Like that turns into a great talking point. It would be. But... And I'm going to defend the host, right? Like the host, there is a production, a group of producers who put stories together right. behind the scenes. Like guys, and I will say, I'll say to Jared, and I say this all the time to Ari, um, we all have to start paying attention to where, where, like, dude, the links you send over sometimes. I'm like, what? 
what is this? Essentially sports.com. You know, I joke all the time, you know, Jimbo's NFL.com. There's a lot of uh, aggregators or just fake sports news sites that are just horse crap. Allamericansports.com, the website that John Von Tobel bought through WordPress when he was 20 years old. You did? Uh, I'm trying to think. uh, um, Willie Ramirez, I'm not trying to like air dirty laundry here, but like Willie loves the spun. It is the biggest piece of crap ever. Because what, I don't know how you guys, I mean, I have a lot of different ways where I'm getting stories, but on my phone especially, all the time I'm like, gee, damn it, I already said, blocked it. Like, I block sites. I'm like, I don't want to see this crap. And the name itself, the name itself, it's Ballsack. Ballsack Sports. What they do is, like, so, like, for that one, for example, what it was a a Ballsack offshoot. Um, get checked out <laughs> if that's the case. Um, but like, it, it was like, it was like blotcher report, right? So it's oh like God. Adam Schefter. Remember you got a darned Schefter. I did we get a darned Schefter one time. Yeah. But, but yep. that in your defense, if I remember correctly, we were live on the year and that tweet popped up on your feed. Yeah. And it was we a DeMarco Murray was going to stay right. and it wasn't the biggest deal. Right. A darn Schefter because the way the guy wrote it at the end was lowercase R and it looked like an M. He has Schefter's picture. The key thing is you gotta you gotta look at followers, and then and then also check a second source. Well, that, and that's the other check thing. Check a second source. If John Morant is quoted as basically saying Michael Jordan is ordinary, like go look for a second source of the quote. You're also so there's a couple of things. One, first off, you're ESPN. Even a lowly producer at ESPN, you probably reach out to somebody and say, "Hey, can you can you corroborate this with John Morant's people? Like, did he say this? Did whatever it is." The other part of that is. Think about all of the layers that has to go through to make it then to the air to where you're talking. You're talking about producer who finds the story, graphics person who is putting it together, right? Guy who put, puts it on the air, produces it, like presents it to the host. Hosts themselves who you would assume prep very much and read all of the preparation that is given to them. Like there's so many different layers that it goes through to reach that point. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible that it ke- c- continues to make it through, by the way. Yeah. This isn't the first time that ESPN's getting gotten got. Yeah, I'll give you a good example. About two weeks ago, that Warren Sapp thing came out where he said uh, he, you know, he heard that the Colin Kaepernick workout sucked. Yeah, and the the site that had it, I was like, "There's no way, there's no way." So you you check three or four, and then it turns out, you know, Warren Sapp is a horse's ass. So he did say it, but you got to check. He's a good guy. What are you talking about? Warren Sapp. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's got bad he's, breath. He's, he's been he's been great. Did you want to defend yourself? On your links and your stories? Oh God, no, okay. no, no, no. I, I wasn't I, trying to blow you out, but like, let's see. Uh, it's game7.com, fadeawayworld.net. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Basketball related, fadeawayworld.net. Bro Bible. Eh, shaky. I've heard of it at least. Yes. I will say the bro, bi- <laughs> the bro Bible one, the bro Bible one is just because they, it's the easiest one because they'll normally ha- already have the video embedded and I can just pull sound. Which is key. So it's more of a convenience factor. But no, I totally get it. 100%. But that's why that's why also, I send them, and people typically go, I, "We're not talking about that." That's no, because I, I look I look at all of them. I look at all because you're sending over good stories. Yeah. I look at all of them. Part of the problem too is, and this is like when I was producing, I would start. I I got into the habit of doing this. There's so many aggregation sites where I go down the wormhole until I find the original content. Right. And but there's so many times where nowadays it'll be an aggregation of an aggregation, and so people just click on it, grab it, and run with it. And not like it's like the game of telephone. Like by the time mm-hmm. you get to like the fourth aggregation, it's been so warped that when you get to the original source, like you realize, like for example, John Morant's original quote, like we played it when he when he's talking with Taylor Rooks on that podcast. And I'm sorry, I don't know the name of her podcast. Um, but like 
if you listen to the actual exchange, laughing. He, she goes, but yeah, but you're not going to say you'd cook him. And he's like, Haha, yeah, I'd cook him. And then like they get into a conversation, but then they get into a conversation. It was like, yeah, you have to have that mentality. You have to be very confident. Right. There was a lot more to it. Right. There was a lot more to it. But what gets grabbed is John Morant says he would cook Michael Jordan, which I think there's a strong argument that he'd actually be a really good against Michael Jordan. But still, we can talk about today's athletes and evolution of players and all that stuff another day. Like, you realize that at the end of the day, if you actually listen to the content itself, he didn't come out and be like, hey, MJ, uh, cracks his neck. You know what I mean? Like, I'd cook you, bro. It wasn't in that context at all. NBA Summer League, uh, Summer League continues. We'll be out there at the uh, beautiful set that was built by VSIN. Adam Hill and Willie Ramirez will be hosting Cofield and Company today. You can get your tickets at UNLVTickets.com. Grab the tickets, seriously. It's a cool event. There's games going on at the Cox Pavilion. Totally worth it, too. Day pass. You get to check out all the games, go back and forth. It's totally worth it. Today on Cofield and Company, guests include Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk, Sam Paniotovich, gambling expert, and Ryan Harris, the former Bronco and uh, voice of Notre Dame football. A lot to get to there. And also a note on the Broncos is uh, Condoleezza Rice is going to be part of the ownership group. So Kofi and Company starts up live at the Thomas and Mac at the Summer League at 3 o'clock. That's the game today. You know, players uh, control their own destiny and not much loyalty is needed on either side of the table anymore. So... I'm fair with it, to be honest. I kind of like how the players have the freedom to change. And it's what the owners have been doing to players for years. So they've just even the playing field to me. I don't I don't feel bad for what Katie is doing at all. I think it's a great move for him. You move as much as you want in today's game. It's like playing pickup basketball. You're listening to the Press Box Summer Edition. Wow, isn't that refreshing? Isn't Scotty Pippen old? Like Charles Barkley old? Like me old? Mm-hmm. Did Scotty say it's okay to move around in the NBA? He did. Wow. It's also, I mean, I think I think there's a difference between player empowerment and mobility and signing up for your contract and then going, I don't want to be here anymore. So you are a little down on Durant? No, I'm not down. I just... I think there's, there's ways to look at it from both sides, right? You can look at the KD thing and go, look, man, you signed a four-year contract extension, and then one year in, in before it even kicks in, you're like, I want to get out of here. On the other side, you look at the Brooklyn Nets, who and it's almost, this is not ke- calling Kevin Durant a child, but it's like me with my son Diego, right? If I say, of course, buddy, you could have chocolate at night. Of course, buddy, you could do this, you could do that. And then one day I'm like, no. And then I'm freaking out because he's freaking out. Like, where did this come from? Like, you gave him everything you wanted every step of the way, and then all of a sudden you're like, Kyrie, we will not stand for this transgression, and we will not sign you to the extension that we said we were going to. And Katie, Katie's like, what? Like, no, this is not what we agreed to, and now he wants out. So like, I see it from both sides. Is that fair? Do you think they're trading him? Kevin Durant? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. You think they're going to get a package that's worthwhile? Yeah. Because if I'm running the Nets, I'm not trading him unless I get a real Trade package back. And I think you can't. Let, let's be adult. Because these, the alternative is, let's be adults. Here's the plan. What would you like? We're going to explain to you what's going on with Kyrie. I know you're not comfortable with him. Maybe you guys need to talk. Maybe we all need to talk together. But, that's right? but lay, let's lay out the plan here and try to make it work. But again, look, so I'm not. We're not, we're not trading you for pennies on the dollar. I'm not in these conversations. But everything you read isn't a KD Kyrie thing. 
they still like each other. They still want to play with one another, according to some reports. It's that Kevin Durant, and even he was, I think he was even quoted as saying, he doesn't believe the Nets did enough to understand Kyrie Irving. So again, it goes back to what we're talking about, right? You sign Kyrie Irving. You sign DeAndre Jordan because he's there free. He's Kevin Durant's friend. You fire Kenny Atkinson. You do everything possible to placate these guys and do what they want. But then, because of what happens this season, you as an organization decide to put your foot down and go, you know what, Kyrie? The contract we're offering you is just full incentives as opposed to guaranteed money. You've got to earn with what you're going to play for, all that kind of stuff. And Kevin Durant doesn't like it. And so they both want to get out of there. So like, I do think that there's a universe in which he gets traded. And it, like the Nets right now, there's just no leverage for them right now. But here's the thing. Yeah, there is. Well, but there isn't. No trade. But it's, but it's, Don't play. Okay. Then he's not going to play. But then what do the Nets, I mean, I, but know, then what do the Nets get out of that? Congratulations. You stood your ground. You got Kevin Durant on your books for absolutely nothing. Maybe he comes back next year. What if he doesn't play again? Interesting. <laughs> right. If he retired? Huh? If he retired? Yeah. I mean, look. Uh, you know what I mean? I mean, here, here, like, I mean, if I really wanted to get intense about this, if I'm – is Joe Sy the majority owner? I think so. He's, he's what, usually what, like, what, slugged as I mean, the owner. What's so, he, can yeah. we look up his net worth? What is he worth? $40 billion? I'm on it. Right? Like, if I'm Joe Sy, I'm like, well, I don't care if I lose money. I don't care. But I'm not trading him for nothing. Nine now, bi- now here's here's the deal. Nine billion, nine billion. Oh, that's it. Um, <laughs> here's the deal. Let's look at the teams that could be involved. Right? Sham says teams involved right now: Golden State, the Raptors, Miami, Phoenix. Now, if it's if it's Golden State, mm. then okay, let's start talking. Wiseman, Moody, Kaminga. And we'll go from there. Like, there's a package. There. Like, I'll, I want all three guys. And you know what else I'll do? Because if I'm the Warriors, and you're going to hate this, hmm. right? And Jared. Ship off Draymond Green. Well, Jared brought it up. He brought it up off the air that, hey, Draymond has publicly talked a little bit of trash, but there must have been something behind the scenes where, mm-hmm. you know, he got into Durant. Maybe Durant's like, yeah, I don't want to play with a the guy. They've, they've why, reportedly, why, why can't Draymond go in the deal? They've reportedly buried the hatchet for what it's worth. So, whatever. Does this guy ever have to face consequences for anything he says? Well, getting traded to the Nets would be a consequence because <laughs> the Nets will be kind of a mid-level team without Kevin Durant, even with all those young guys. Mm-hmm. Well, I, the Warriors are a pretty good package. Also, I mean, you could argue if you were the Warriors, you 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 love Draymond. Well, you you value Draymond Green. Yes, right. You but you can see they're starting to. There's some negatives there, right? He can be inconsistent. He can be lost on offense. Right. Is, isn't this the perfect time to go, you know what? Hey, let's try to win more championships. Steph seems open to getting Durant. Let's get Draymond out of here before it really becomes a problem. Okay, if I'm Brooklyn, I'm, no, I don't want him. Well, if, I, if I'm getting the three young guys, yeah. and we need money matches, right? Yeah. It's a good point. So Draymond makes a lot of money. Yeah, it's a good point. It could be part of it. I just, like, when you're looking at this from all the, the angles, I still think there's there's viable packages being offered. Like, like if you're, for, let's talk about New Orleans, right? That's one of the teams that's thrown out there. Brandon Ingram, I think, is a very good centerpiece of a deal. There's also assets there, right? The Pelicans own draft picks that aren't just tied to them. They're tied to other teams, Los Angeles Lakers. They have, all the, they have all right. the Lakers picks and unprotected. Right. So, like, that's a, that's a team where you call okay. New Orleans and you're like, okay, we can even get a like-type player, right? Brandon yeah. Ingram, 6'10", yeah. mid-range okay. scorer, all that kind of stuff, relatively young. We can get somebody like that along with draft compensation, maybe another player or two, and that's actually a pretty decent package as you move forward, right? Look at the – it's only one year, but Scotty Barnes seems to be a player that the league as a whole deems as a valuable piece right. in the future. 
if you can get Scotty Barnes from the Toronto Raptors, along with a Gary Trent Jr., who's actually a pretty good off-ball guard, with some draft compensation, that's pretty good when it comes to a package. And here's the other thing. People keep throwing out the Rudy Gobert deal. That's fine, but other teams are not going to suffer because the Timberwolves decided to overpay for Rudy Gobert. Because the Timber, you know, because Danny Ainge is brilliant at that. Yep. Danny Ainge has, for some reason, the deal with the devil that he's got, he has the gift of gab where he can just get people to give him wherever, whatever he wants. And keep but, in mind, the Nets cannot take back draft picks. Mm. They can't. Well, I mean, they think they want. No, I, I think, but I, no, no. I think they can take some back, but they're not tanking because all of their draft picks are right. elsewhere. So, like, they got to try to compete right. at a somewhat high level. That's why they want players. They want players with some draft compensation, and that's why the Pelicans picks, if you're talking about picks that are under their control, right? the team that you're trading Durant to, that's why there's value in a package like that. This isn't the Alex Ovechkin Power Hour. This is the VGK Update with Ryan Wallace. Follow him on Twitter at RyanHockeyGuy. I'm out. Ovechkin. Ovechkin. John Von Tobel, Cofield. John, without the headsets on, he's like, what are they talking about? Jared and I understood what was going on. Ryan, the hockey guy, probably understands as well. Ryan, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're good. We're good. What time do you start your day? Ooh, uh, 6.30, probably. More, okay. more often. Okay, I don't. So it's been an effort. I, I don't. So it's been an effort to get fired up for the, for the press box. Uh, yeah, and John's a, John's a morning guy as well. We're gonna bond uh, you and John together a little later with some parenting questions because you guys have kids, okay. and I don't. But yeah. let's get to some of the big hockey topics, especially around gotcha. VGK. How key is this period going on right now? And what are we gonna find out about roster building and lopping off some salary with the Golden Knights? I mean, I'd argue that in the next 24 to 36 hours, we'll have some more answers on where the Golden Knights are in terms of their roster, what they're going to do in shedding salary. Uh, free agency opens tomorrow. And the fact of the matter is there are a lot of high-profile, unrestricted free agents that are out there for the taking in the NHL. And if you're looking at kind of the pieces the Golden Knights are looking to move or the, the most obvious choices – uh, you're looking at a Max Pacioretty, you're looking at a William Carlson, you're looking at an Alec Martinez. If those players that are high-profile go early on in free agency, perhaps after that period you'll start to see some trades for the Golden Knights that make a little bit more sense where, where they'll be able to get more pieces back or at least not have to give up so much to shed that salary. So I would argue sometime in the next 24 to 48 hours you'll have some more answers on where the Golden Knights stand going into next Will there be a name that shocks fans who goes bye-bye? Uh, I, I mean, I guess William Carlson would be one of the shocking names just because he's been a mainstay here. I, I don't think that anyone would be too surprised or too shocked if, you know, a Laurent Brossois was moved or uh, if, you know, Max Pacioretty, again, he scores a ton of goals, but he's got one year left at $7 million for a cash-strapped team. That's a pretty obvious move if you are – looking to just shed salary. So uh, I don't know that there's really a shocking move out there because everyone knows the state of the cap with this team and that salary has to be moved out. Can I respond by saying I would be shocked if someone takes William Carlson with the – I don't think people realize how freaking staggering that deal is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where 
you wanted him to be a 43-goal scorer. He's not a 43-goal scorer. He had a brilliant year, year one of the, of the organization. It's not a, a huge or astronomical deal when you factor in everything that he does on the defensive side of the puck, but if you're paying just under $6 million for a third-line center, which is what he'll probably be going into next season, that's too much, especially when you've got the production of Chandler Stevenson for a fraction of what William Carlson uh, makes. So there are teams out there that could use a William Carlson at that cap hit. Um, it's not so much of an albatross, but he, if he is still here with the Golden Knights going into next season, the offensive production has to rebound a little bit. Uh, and just to clarify the deal, part of the, the staggering thing for me is the length because it goes all yeah. the way through 2027. John, you wanted to jump in? Well, I, I'm just wondering, Ryan, like what are the chances that they pretty much just stand pat and just don't do much, if anything? Uh, that's it's possible that they will, and, and I guess a lot of it kind of hinges on the timeline for Robin Leonard. So the understanding is Robin Leonard may not be ready, available, come game number one of the regular season. He had surgery in the offseason. The timeline, we haven't been given one. We don't know exactly how long that rehab process is going to look like for, or is going to be for Robin Leonard. So there is a chance Robin Leonard won't be available to start the season. If that's the case, you can always go to LTIR with that $5 million in salary, and you can use that to sign some of your restricted free agents and get your roster to a spot where you feel comfortable going into next season. However, you're just kicking that can uh, along the road because you, you're going to have to make that decision or make a change once Robin Leonard is available and ready to go in season. It's press box, Cofield, JVTN, RTHG. Ryan, the hockey guy, is with us. Uh, let's continue to build on Leonard. What does Pete DeBoer have at goalie in Dallas? Well, uh, right now he's got a young up-and-comer in Jake Ottinger who you know, was absolutely brilliant, phenomenal um, in, in the playoffs this year against Calgary. He almost, and I, I don't, I'm not being hyperbolic here, he almost single-handedly won that first-round series against the first-place Calgary Flames in the Pacific Division in seven games. He was brilliant, absolutely fantastic. Pete knows Jake personally. His, his, uh, his son played with Jake as well. So he's got a really young goalie, but the thing with goalies is you, you never really have a linear progression to where you're just the guy. Expect there to be some roadblocks with Jake Ottinger. I would expect that the, the Dallas Stars are going to supplement their goaltending going into free agency and going into next year. But for right now, Jake Ottinger's the guy in Dallas. Robin Leonard, five and a half, six million dollars a year, thirty games a season. Pete apparently likes him, according to Kelly McCrimmon on a podcast. How about Robin Leonard as one B goalie in Dallas? Uh, yeah, I mean it's interesting. I have to look at what the Dallas Stars are up against uh, with their salary cap. Um, I I know that. Pete liked Robin, and, and the reason being is the way Robin plays. He's a very much read-the-play type of goaltender, and if you defend in a predictable manner, you're going to get a lot of saves. Robin Lynn is a really good goalie. He's going to be able to make those saves. Where the Golden Knights broke down this year is that they didn't allow predictable shots on goal. That's going to be the big, the big thing with Bruce Cassidy, his system versus Pete DeBoer, is that if the Golden Knights are healthy and they have all their pieces defensively, a lot of the shots that Robin Leonard or any goaltender is going to face for the Golden Knights are going to be fairly straightforward. You're not going to look for those backdoor tap-ins. You're not going to have breakdowns defensively where there's two-on-ones, three-on-twos, and you're leaving the goalie on an island. 
So I would expect with, with Bruce Cassidy, those numbers are going to come up for Robin Leonard, especially if he's healthy. Uh, but it's an interesting concept thinking Leonard goes to Dallas with Pete DeBoer, just given how things ended between Robin Leonard and Pete DeBoer. I, I don't want to say that relationship bridge has been burned, but I, I don't get the sense that that's a trade that makes sense. You gave, you gave Steve the wrong answer. Steve was looking for, get him out of here! <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm looking the, the for solutions. That, I'm looking for solutions. The, the, the problem with that is that I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not a guy that thinks Robin Leonard's a, a bad goalie. I think he's a really good goalie. If you look at his career averages on very bad teams, some decently good teams, he's been about the same every single time, and that's better than league average. And if you're the Golden Knights, it, it's you need to shore up your defensive deficiencies, and, and that's really what it comes down to. They were a very, very porous defensive team last year and that leads to breakdowns it leads to really high danger shots against and you, you're only asking you can't ask your goaltender to save your bacon every single night yeah steve right so from what i gather from this and this might not be an analogy that uh, right i don't know how much nba you watch robin leonard is rudy gobert okay he is blamed for everything even though he saves their bacon all the time yeah i mean like you look at the first 20 to 25 games of the year last year, the only reason that the Golden Knights were afloat is because Robin Leonard was phenomenal. There was a game where the Golden Knights went into Montreal against the Canadians, one of the worst teams in the league, and they were trounced in the first period. Montreal outshot them something 20-3, to and it was only one goal that Robin Leonard allowed. The Golden Knights eventually came back, won that game, those were the types of performances that got lost in the weeds with Robin last year, and unfairly, he was blamed a lot for what happened and what went wrong for the Golden Knights, whereas the entire team was injured. Like, if you want to throw Robin Leonard and say he's, he's, not, he's not durable enough, well, neither was the team last year, so that's a ridiculous argument to me. Yeah, yeah, you want to move on. Go let's, ahead, uh, <laughs> let's, let's do, I'm going to go in a different direction. Let's do some parent talk, right? So, yeah. You guys have kids. I have cats, so I'm going to back out of this. Uh, John Von Tobel put up a photo of a sandwich that was cut into how many pieces, John? Six. Why? So it was, well, it, first, can we just, do not levy such accusations at me. Is that one sandwich for the whole family? No, okay, do not throw accusations at me. That was not my sandwich. Oh. It was a picture I found on the internet. Uh, <laughs> it was a sandwich that was cut diagonally, uh, Ryan, which how you cut your children's sandwich is also another conversation. I have to cut my kid's sandwiches in fours because uh, he's got something with halves, and I don't know. Uh, so it's cut <laughs> diagonally, but then perpendicular cuts twice across the way, like so it's cut into six slices. I think that's yeah. psychotic, but what about you? Yeah, I, I don't know that I would cut a sandwich into more than four pieces. I think four is, is enough. Um, the thing is, though, like when you're a kid, right, or when you're a parent and you've got kids, like you'll cut, your, you'll cut food into whatever shape or size it needs to be in order for the kid to actually consume the food. Right. So um, you, you cut crust off for no real good reason. Um, I wouldn't do six slices. I would go four at most, but, you know, I'll do anything to make sure my kids eat. Yeah. If you've ever watched, I made the mistake, Steve, of cutting my kid's burger in half. What an adventure that was. <laughs> what an adventure that was. Really? Uh, it's just a nightmare. He doesn't know where to attack it from. It's too big for his little hands. Like, I, I, I had to cut it into fours. It's ridiculous. Uh, one more food story. I don't know if you saw, but uh, billionaire LeBron James brought his own snacks yes. in a little Ziploc bag to the NBA Summer League. When yeah. you, you, you have long days when you, you know, you're doing your VGK stuff. Um, mm -hmm. When you're on location, do you bring a snack in a bag? Uh, and if so, what's your snack of choice? Uh, ooh, snack of choice. 
probably peanuts or almonds, like bang for your buck. They, they get the job done. Nice. They're very satiating. Very and, nice. Uh, you wash that down with some water. Like fortunately though, for me, um, and it's been, it's been fantastic. Uh, where I'm, I'm at it, for home games is right up there uh, in the flight deck. So there's uh, a, a smattering of food available to me. Really? So that makes it, that makes it a very enjoyable process. You get access to the flight deck? Oh, yeah, that's where I do the show from. I didn't know this. Well, Bob, you, you can do the show. You can do the show somewhere, and and uh, but but doesn't mean you get access to the food. Wow, that's oh, a perk. No, I, I've got it worked out. I know people. It's fantastic. <laughs> what if Ryan's openly admitting to stealing food yeah. on the air right now? Like, <laughs> People's listening. They're yeah. like, it's like, wait, this has been going on for how long? <laughs> that's where the food's going. Steve, uh, also, Ryan, you no, gave him the wrong answer. Okay. The answer was AMPM chicken sandwich. That's a good point. Ooh, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. It's a, it's a fair, fair uh, snack. <laughs> but I like I I don't view chicken sandwiches as snacks though. Yeah, me either. Me either. But I am yeah. a snack guy, and I am cheap, uh, and I don't have a billion dollars, so I admire that about LeBron. Ryan, what do you got coming up today? Uh, yeah, today we're we're gonna look at Evgeny Malkin and and where he may go. Like three or four of the most interesting destinations for. Free agent Evgeny Malkin, uh, of course, he spent his entire career with Pittsburgh Penguins. He will hit the market tomorrow. So we're going to look at a lot of free agents, but specifically Malkin and where he's going to end up. Thank you, Ryan. We appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. Well, there's a lot there with the snacks. There's a lot there. We'll get to it before we get out of here on a Tuesday edition of the Press Box. First, though, to give away tickets to a Friday show, Zappos. Uh, in the theater, Zappos Theater, Planet Hollywood. Ticketmaster.com is where you can get tickets. It's Rise Against. Rise Against is playing Friday at Zappos Theater. 364-1100. Caller 7. This is like a real, like, serious close of the show. Like, a, you know, close of a bar or something. I feel like I got to get out of here and... Closing. Right? Right? I'm looking around. I'm like, am I going to get anything tonight? Again? I flop? <laughs> Not that that ever happened. Uh, John Von Tobel is here. Cofield, Jared. Great choice on the music. I'm just busting your chops. Jared does a good job. Um, more Cofield and company folks in the rest of the week filling in. Q's going to be in on Thursday and Friday. So, like I said, well-deserved week off for Tyler and Ed. Snack of choice. Ryan the Hockey Guy went healthy with almonds. I like almonds. I'll, 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 uh, I'll go with the almonds every once in a while. Like what? Almonds? Okay. Almonds? There's, there's an L in there. Almonds? Almonds. What do you like? Um, actually, I like almonds. Uh, you, know what, <laughs> you know what I'm pretty big on? You were mad at him because it came off as healthy. I was like, we get it. You know, <laughs> ah, raw almonds and some water. Like, yeah, we get it. You're healthy. Although I will say one of my favorite snacks is I like those little protein packs. You know, Ooh. some cube meat. I hate meat, those. Some nuts and cheese. I, I think that's so lazy. Yeah, I will cut all that up myself. In, in fact, I do. You know, my snack of choice riding in is a selection of meat and cheeses yeah. in oh, the car. I'm big on, on my crackers. Tw- my 12-minute ride, I, I put down, you know, whatever, three little folds of, like, salami and cheese. And you, know I've been, you know what I've gotten big on is... Gabagool! Uh, white cheddar. Solid. Okay. Wow. That is, like... I mean, the, literally, I was going to say pepperoni and white cheddar is my go-to snack. Nice, nice. If I were wealthy, checks Mix. But <laughs> cereal's gone through the roof. Thanks, thanks, Brandon. Well, checks Mix isn't a cereal. But there's cereal in it, so I think they can then they why justify you, it by being over the top. Why don't you just make your own Chex Mix? That's a little much. Because it's it's like by checks, by pretzels. I got four minutes. By those weird little brown pieces of bread, whatever they are, the but, rye chips. But like you said, yeah. my real choice is uh 
convenience store chicken sandwich that has been left in the car heating up and eating it like eight hours later. Oh, or, or taking it on a road trip after it's been on a plane. Is she the lady who cooked the tomahawk on her engine here in Vegas? That seemed kind of crazy. Yeah. Did it was it well done. It, it was really? Yeah, it was, well, because she drove around for like 38 minutes. Oh, yeah. That's over. Yeah. On the Was it on the dash wrapped, or on the hood? Wrapped it in foil, put it underneath the hood. Oh, that's too, too hot. <laughs> Did it not taste like gas? <laughs> that's what I said. Like, really? That's your seasoning? Yeah. I feel like it, it'd be a little exhausting. You know what I mean? Like, uh... <laughs> All right, John. Good job. Jared, thank you so much. Stick around. Lots of great sports talk on ESPN Las Vegas.